get started. <clears throat> in World War II, there were these fighter jets. They began to fly off and do this mission. And upon their mission, they went for looking for enemy submarines, but yet they could not find any enemy submarines. So as they returned back to their base, as they returned back to the ship vessel, it was nighttime and they could not figure out where the ship vessel was because the captain had ordered a blackout of the ship. So they called in frantically to the radio operator and they said, could you please just cut on one light? Just one light so we can land our plane safely. But, but the responder responded back, I cannot cut on the lights because the captain has ordered a blackout. So they kept frantically over and over and over again saying, can you please just cut on one light? All six of us need to land safely. So as a result, the captain ordered the radio to be cut off, which allowed for all six, uh, all six planes to land in the ocean. Have you ever felt like you're doing all your missions the way you're supposed to be? That, that, that you're doing everything the way God wanted you to do? That you're doing your job according to your job description? If you're a mother, you're doing your job description properly. If you're a child, you're doing your job <laughs> description properly. But when it's time for somebody to cut on the lights in your life so you can land safely, have you ever felt like nobody wanted to help you out? Have you ever felt like that when it was time for you to finally come back home and relax yourself, when it was time for you to finally get some sense of peace, when it was time for you to reach the end of your destiny and reap your reward, somebody wouldn't answer your radio. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you aren't like me. Maybe you do everything right in this life. Maybe that everything in your life is perfect. But for those of us like David, for those of us, we have to walk through our valley of shadows of death. And we realize that sometimes in this life, when we want people to cut on a light, you know, Motel 6 says we'll leave the light on for you. Sometimes when we cut on, we want people to cut on our lights. Then, then they won't allow, they won't help us because help from family members or, or help from your co-workers seems to be out of reach. Have you ever felt like you've done everything right in this life, but it seems to be impossible to get help for somebody else? You know, you, somebody needs some money, you're right there with money. Somebody needs a, a place to stay, you're right there with a place to stay. If someone needs for you to help move their furniture out of their house into another house, into another house. You're right there because you are always there when somebody needs help. But when it's time for you to get help, you, you, you can't seem to find out. Have you ever just felt like you look out for the whole world, but nobody looks out for you? But this bothers me. And if you're anything like me, I can't stand when I do all the right things for everybody else. I, I let everybody else cry on my shoulders. But when it's time for me to cry on somebody's shoulders, Nobody even lends me a t-shirt. Nobody even lends me a Kleenex because I'm here for everybody, but nobody's here for me. Maybe you don't feel like, maybe I'm not quite in your area. Have you ever felt like that in your marriage that you do all these things that you're supposed to do, that you do all these things that you're supposed to do, but yet when it's time for you to receive some sort of benefit, 
then you realize nobody is there for you. But that's exactly the way, that is exactly how David feels. He, he starts his proclamation. He starts Psalm 23 off. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. But then he gets to verse 4, and I like verse 4. Matter of fact, I personally think in verse 4, David just shows out. Because David teaches us how to walk in a terrible situation and speak our way out of a situation. And that brings me to, that. that, that just, I just want to let everybody in this building know right now that if you are going through something, if you can't be positive, just be quiet. If you can't speak anything positive over yourself or to yourself or about yourself, don't say anything at all. Because the only way you're going to get out of some situation, if you have to believe that God is going to do something for you right now, because if you don't believe, then you will not achieve. Because anything that your mind can come up with, and if it aligns with the will of God, you can absolutely get there. So if you can't say anything positive about yourself, then don't say anything at all. So we find out that, that David is in this impossible situation. He's in this very impossible situation, and he says, yea, though I walk. And that, now, now that tells me right there that David knew he had to step outside of his comfort zone. Now, please, please, please hear me very well. If you plan to achieve any greatness in this life, if you plan to switch jobs, if if you plan to, to make a little bit more money than you have right now, if you plan not to be broke for the rest of your life, you must step outside of your comfort zone. Please understand me right now that there are no life-changing blessings inside your comfort zone. God does not bless anybody who does not do anything for themselves. If you are too, uh, 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 have too much of negative thinking, stinking thinking, if you can't speak a blessing over yourself, if you, if you want a job but you don't want to get up, God ain't going to give you no job. If, if you want a brand new house but you don't take care of your apartment, God's not going to give you a brand new house. If you're asking for a brand new car, but you won't take care of the one you have now, God does not care about giving you things to pacify you. Sometimes it takes a little sweating to get a blessing because that's the way God arranges it too. So if you are not able to get outside of your comfort zone and find out that there's blessings out there, life altering, changing blessings for you, then you will, is there anybody in this building today that you have resolved that I promise God to you that I will get out my comfort zone. I will do whatever it takes. I know that people tell me what I can't do in the past, but I promise you if you tell me to switch jobs, I'll switch. I promise you if you're telling me to go back to school, I'll go. I promise you if you're telling me to study a little harder, I'll go. I promise you if you tell me to stay humble and keep my mouth shut, I'll do that because I'm prepared to do what you say do so I can get what you say get. And if you realize God is such a good God that he will keep you. God does two things. The Bible says that he will supply all your needs and he also says he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think for. So the question is, which one of these blessings do you apply for? Are you in the state of your point where you're just having stinking thinking and, and you, you just don't know what to do and you don't do anything and you sit inside your comfort zone? If that's you, if you don't have the courage to trust God to walk out on water, then God will just simply supply all your needs. You'll find out 
that all during this week, you have just enough gas money to get you to the end of the week. You'll find out that every time you count your money, you pay all your bills. It was just enough for you to pay all your bills. You can't go to the movies. You can't buy anything. You can't do any. You can't even have a Christmas. Have you even had a Christmas in the last five years? Because if you are not doing what God says do, if you're not going outside of your comfort zone, then you will realize that God would just supply all your needs. But if you're anything like me, I can't stand any more partial blessings. Matter of fact, I've resolved to stand up for myself. And I say from now on, I want those exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think for blessings. God, I believe in you right now. I dream big and I think big and I expect you to give me, told me that I can do this. I'm going to step outside of this comfort zone and go do it because I'm tired of you just supplying all of my needs because I want you to supply everything that I want. I'm tired of you just giving me enough gas money when you have a Lexus in my future. I am tired of going to school when you have a doctoral degree for me. I am tired of being in this unstable marriage when you have happy marriage for me. Because if you trust in God, if you are willing to step out on faith, then God will catch you with a word. Is there anybody in this building today, you realize that you are tired of living inside your comfort zone and you're going to step outside of it. Because your comfort zone is not where the blessings are, but belief in God. God's says you can move a mountain and you're going to move a mountain. If God tells you in your life that you're going to do all that you need to do, that's what you're going to do because you are tired of partial blessings. But, but David keeps on talking and he, he keeps on going through the verse and he says, he, you find out that David says that you have to keep walking at the lowest points of your life. Now, now maybe, maybe you never had a low point in your life, but if you keep on waking up, you will find out very quickly low points are coming. You could be on top of the world right now, but keep on waking up and you'll find out that the world will soon be on top of you. And if you don't learn to keep on walking through your lowest points, you will stay there for the rest of your life. That reminds me of a story. This young lady, she was sitting in the, she was sitting inside of a car with her dad. And she was driving. They were having such a good time. And the dad was in the passenger seat. And she was driving. And she's driving her car. And they're laughing. They're joking. It begins to rain. But the, but the young girl, she don't like to drive in the rain because long time ago, she was driving and got to a bad accident in the rain. So she says, her, she tells her dad, maybe I should pull over. And, and her dad looks at her and his whole countenance changed. His whole, his whole mood changed. He tells her, no, keep driving. So she being an obedient daughter. She, she kept on driving. And as she kept driving two more miles down the road, it starts to rain real hard, so hard, she can't even see right in front of her. And so he, she looks over, he said, well, Dad, maybe I should stop driving. The dad gets serious again. He says, no, keep driving. So she keeps on driving, being old, being a dog. She is, it gets so far. So the rain begins so heavy. Not only can she not see anymore, but all she see are taillights pulled on the left and the right side of the road because they have decided that they're going to pull over and allow for the rain to pass. So she says, Dad, I'm fit to pull over. She pulls over and the dad grabs her steering wheel and says, no, keep driving. And as she kept on driving, being an obedient daughter that she was, within one minute, she drove out of the storm. And when she found, when she, now he told her, you can pull over now. So when she pulled over, she turned around, they looked backwards and they saw the storm, a big storm, but the storm was going backwards towards the way she was driving. So all of those who have pulled over were going to be stuck inside the storm for another hour. Now I'm going to tell you this to tell you about some lady and her father and this storm. I came 
here to let you know that if you decide to pull over when life gets real rough, you'll be in the storm longer than God intended you to be. If you sit there and you just want to sit and say life sucks and you sit there and you just give up on life, you'll sit there in a bad situation longer than what God intended you to be. But if you keep driving through your storm, you will realize that not only will your storm just last about 10 minutes or 10 days, it won't have to last 100. Have you been in a storm for three and a half years? Consider the fact that your life may be sucking right now because you have been pulled over inside of this storm that was only meant to be there for 10 minutes. And if you have the courage to step out on faith, you will realize that if you keep driving inside your storm, you will eventually pass it up while everybody, is there anybody in this building today, one point in your life, you realize that I have driven out of a storm. I remember when somebody counted me out, but I know a man with holes in his hands with a pierced in his side that counted me in. Is there anybody in this building today, you realize that yes, they have made, they may have made my life hard, but I kept on pushing and I kept on trucking and everything went bad to me, but I would not stop and I would not give up because I bow down to God, which means I can stand up to any man. And just because you move forward, you realize that your storm doesn't have to last that long. So, 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 so this, so, so David keeps on walking through this valley of the shadow of death. And he begins to start speaking these positive words. He says, for thou art with me. Please don't miss that because David realizes that even though I'm in this valley of the shadow of death, even though that my daddy told me, I, he, he knew that I couldn't be a king and he didn't even select me to be a king. David knew that even though that he was walking around in sheep boo-boo at one time, but now he's a king, David knew that David knew that if he just knew that God was with him, everything will be all right. And I, I suggest to you right now that if you have not realized that God is right with you right now in your bad situation, if you have not realized that God is with you, then you have missed the whole picture because he says, I will be with you forever because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever because he promised never to leave you or forsake you. So if God is not always consumed with getting you out of the situation, sometimes he's concerned with changing your character by keeping you inside the situation. Sometimes God wants to keep you in a bad situation because it is working on who you are because you. You are not qualifying for the blessing that he has for you because you are not humble enough to get the six-figure salary that he has for you right now. Or you don't manage your time well enough right now to get the retirement that he has for you right now. Sometimes God is more concerned with changing your character than changing your circumstances. And you have to realize, just like David, that thou art with me. And then he says, thy rod and thy staff. And I like that because both of those words are pretty much the same thing. And, and, and you realize that the rod and the staff, they both represent authority. Now, now you have to realize that, that God is the authority of all authorities. And even though you may have a job in your life, and even though you may have school teachers over you, but you have to realize that God is the authority over those authorities. And if somebody has said, we spend too much time in this life. Somebody told us what we couldn't do when we were six years old, and we let that define us while we're 36 years old. Somebody told us that we couldn't do this here, and we drug that along for 30-something years because we've let their work be the authority of our life. But when you realize that God is the authority of all authorities, when you realize that you a leopard can change his spots, when you realize that anybody can reach up to the stars and change this, when you realize 
that the moon, that, that the stars are no longer to go because there are footprints on the moon because God has told you that he is the authority of all authority. You, is there anybody in this building today? You have realized that you will not be who they tell you will not live up to the negative expectations people have put on you. You have told yourself, God, I promise you right now from this day forth, I refuse to be what somebody else said I was going to be. I refuse to be this ex-drug addict. I refuse to be this angry person. I refuse to be broke because they said I was going to be broke. God, I promise you right now, I realize that you are the authority of all authorities and I put all my trust in you. And if you let Peter walk out on water, you can at least let me walk on my problems because God, I love you that much that I believe that you are the authority. And then you realize that David, he keeps going. He says, I rod and I step. And then he ends it real quick. He says, they comfort me. Now, now that, that's this one verse. David walks through this valley of the situation. He walks through this valley of death. It's a horrible situation. He starts off. He recognizes his valley, but then he speaks all these good things. Doing it. Please don't miss it. He speaks all these good things. And then he ends it with these good things. And then he ends it with a proclamation that they comfort me. He says, God, he says, God, not only does your word comfort me, but your provisions comfort me. Not, not only does, not only who you are, not only the fact that you are God that comforts me, but the mere fact that you have a rod and a staff that comforts me as well. Is there anybody in this building today? You have come to the fact that you're just going to resolve that God comforts you. Even when you're supposed to, you haven't lost your mind right now. People have tried to break you. I know your stories and they have tried to break you over and over and over again people have tried to break you but you're still standing and not only are you standing but you are better off than where you were when they were trying to break you almost everybody in this room has lost everything in hurricane ike but yet somehow you may be the brokers you've ever been but somehow you own more than what you ever had that's because god is so great to you that he has realized that all he has to do is give you a few provisions to comfort you because he wants you to keep a right mind because you need your mind to praise God. Don't ever let nobody tell I'm going to praise God like I lost my You're going to need your mind to give God the proper praise that he's giving you. So if David can realize over 2300 years ago that his God comforts him, why can't we realize that when we get a pink bill in the mailbox that we lose our mind? Why can't we realize when our kids start acting crazy that God can't comfort us? Why can't we realize when our job and our money stop start acting funny? Why can't we realize realize that our God comforts us. Well, I'll tell you why. Because he died on the cross and he comforted you. He saved you because he comforted you. And nobody in this room is of Hebrew or Jewish descent. So he says, whosoever shall call on my name. And for that reason, he comforted you. And you have been getting past all your trials. You have been getting past all the hating. People have crucified you, pierced you in your side. They, they've broken up with you. They lied on you. They've cheated on you. They've abused you. They talked about you. They tried to ruin you. They they even cost you a job or two, but you are still standing because God gave you peace of mind when nobody wouldn't even give you a peace but their mind. And all God wants to do is just tell you that he loves you. So stop bringing all your guilt inside your alone time with God. Stop bringing your Facebook page and stop bringing your bills. Stop bringing your overdrawn battle. Well, sometimes God, he hears you complain 23 hours out of a day. And sometimes just for 30 minutes, all God wants to do is remind you that he loves you. So he wants to tell you, hey, I've comforted you. When something went bad in your life, don't worry about it because 
I'm comforting you. I have a rod. I have a staff. I own all the cattle of a thousand hills. I have my matter of fact, where I live at, the streets are paved with gold. Matter of fact, there is no recession in heaven. Quit worrying about this recession because the Bible says that he can do exceedingly and abundantly. Quit looking at the black folks wouldn't even know there was a recession if we didn't watch the news. So quit worrying about ain't nothing changed for us. We've been broke and always been broke, but not, and we know how to stretch a meal. We know how to put water in some cornbread to make more. Quit worrying about this recession because your God has rows that are paved in gold. He is not, God is not broke and he's not surprised at what you're going through. He's more interested in changing your character than changing your circumstances. And that reminds me of this story. That reminds me of the story that this, this guy, Ralph Stevenson Lewis, was he, he was reporting this story about how this massive storm started throwing this boat back and forth, back and forth, and they were by the rocks. And they were so far in the water, they were by these rocks, and the boat was getting ready to just, just everybody in the boat was getting ready to drown, and the boat was getting ready to be submerged by water. And this one passenger, he climbs up and he gets into the pilot deck. He makes, against orders, everybody was supposed to stay where they were, but against orders, he climbs up and he goes and see the pilot. And the pilot of the boat, he sees that the steerman is holding the wheel of the vessel an inch by inch. He is drawing this vessel back out to sea away from the rocks. And when the pilot, when the steerman sees the watcher, he looks up at the watcher with, with all hell going on around him with, with the rocks on the left side and, and he's, he's straining and he's sweating. He looks at the watcher and he smiles. And as a result, the watcher, he smiles back and he jumps back down and he goes back to where all the people are inside the ship who are scared, who are frantic, who are worried about everything. And he lets out one cheer. He says, I have seen the captain. I have seen the pilot. I have seen the steerman. And he smiled at me and everything is well. And I just want to let you know that I have seen the steerman and the captain of your vessel. I have seen the God who drives your vessel and he has looked at me and he has smiled and all is well. Let us pray. Father God, thank you because you're just so awesome. Help us realize that you want to change our character and not our circumstances. Life gets hard and life is rough, but we don't have to lose our mind in this here. God, we thank you. Because we over and over again, you've comforted us. You've given us provisions because you are the provider. Help us realize that since you are the provider, we owe you praise. Because the proper praise is the future rent that we play for blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.